One of the core concepts I teach to students is the idea of always pitching or being in a pitch mindset. This isn't a sleazy, you're trying to sell something that maybe you shouldn't be selling or isn't worth selling, but in a realistic, this is the marketing industry's product type of way. I'm Josh, and you're listening to the Thought Unpacked podcast, an exploration into the world of modern marketing. My goal? Bring some clarity and context into an industry that impacts our everyday lives. Today's topic? In marketing, you are always pitching. Pitching gets a bad rap because we've all been hit. All of us have been hit by bad pitches. Ron Tite, founder of Church and State and brilliant speaker, as well as author, uses the phrase pitch slap in his book, Think, Do, Say. And this is very apropos. Now, I should note that Ron himself does not claim to have come up with the term pitch slap, but unfortunately, he can't quite remember who he heard it from. So I'm going to attribute it to Ron. Ron, if you hear this, you can attribute it to whomever you like. But people get pitch slapped when they receive a pitch they didn't ask for. Now, this could be when they get pitch slapped over LinkedIn. You've made a new connection and all of a sudden this connection now has something to sell to you. Or they get pitch slapped when the information they are looking for isn't provided. But somehow, magically, different and often more sleazy information is available. There are dozens of examples and in fact, I could spend this entire podcast just reminiscing about all the bad pitches I have received, but I think that would get away from the point. The act of pitching isn't immoral, but the way people use a pitch can be highly damaging. It's that classic bad apple scenario. However, it is critically important as a marketer to become convincingly good at delivering a compelling pitch. Now, as a marketer, you have very few tangible products that you will create. Unlike some of our counterparts, when you think of that, think of a designer or a programmer, a filmer, a makeup artist, you name it, they all have outputs that are tangible, right? A designer who has just created a breakthrough user experience for an app can showcase that breakthrough user experience of an app. Our outputs or your output is often that of a presentation or document. This could be a report showcasing the results of a recent campaign, a concept that will take a company from small to massive 10x growth over the next few months. Or of course, it could be a proposal that you are physically pitching to a prospective client or customer. In any case, your product as a marketer is ultimately the distillation of information manifested into a, well, PowerPoint or Google slide deck. When you embrace this though, it is incredibly empowering. And I cannot stress that enough. When you embrace this idea, much like a designer embraces her tools like InDesign, Photoshop, or Illustrator, the sooner you can get to work and accomplish what you've set out to achieve, namely influencing people's behavior. Now, for the rest of this 
podcast, I'm going to describe my process for getting into a pitch mindset and how I create a presentation deck. As you go through the rest of this recording, I want you to know, I even want to stress that you will have a different approach and your mileage will vary. However, I do hope that a few of these points will guide you as you start to develop your own pitch mindset. As a secondary note, I'll be using an example throughout the rest of this podcast. I created a deck for my class, calling it the Superlative Retrospective. And you can see this along with actually the show notes on Medium. Go to medium.com slash thoughtunpacked to see the show notes and again, the presentation deck I'll be referencing throughout the rest of this podcast. A few weeks back, my students asked me to participate in a fun activity challenge along with the other faculty members of the digital marketing team at BrainStation. They had created superlatives that reflected each of them. However, and I know you know where this is going, they didn't say who was who. That was our job. The first submission by a faculty member was done in like 30 minutes. It was ridiculous how quickly she did it. She opted for speed over everything else, hoping to capitalize on the freshness of the request. The whole class howled with excitement. When, and I, when I say howled, I actually mean they used a lot of emojis because this was being done via Slack. But still, you could feel the energy. It was at this point the first domino fell. Now, shortly after the first faculty submission came another and then another. Within two hours, four of the faculty members had submitted what they felt would, and you can't see my air quotes here, but I'm doing an air quotes, win the day through a quick selection process. Now, at this point, one of the faculty members, one of the last to submit, had picked up on something. Everyone was essentially doing the exact same thing. The first two submissions were virtually identical. Sure, there was a few name changes, which was really where the humor was coming from, but they had both been completed in the standard, you asked me to give you names, so I'm only giving you names format. Now, this third submission from the faculty was different. She spent the time to list the names, like everyone else, but also provided some rationale, or as I like to say, raison d'etre, beside each choice. It was a one-liner. Now, instantly, this elevated the entire process. And the class, the students, oh, they responded. To summarize the reaction, this is freaking awesome, would kind of crystallize what they were saying. Now, I want to pause here in this recording and through this story just to call out a key thing that happened from this faculty member. Now, this is the early stage, identification of an opportunity is really the early stage of creating a pitch mindset. The faculty member who submitted her superlatives with rationale picked up on the fact that she probably needed to do something slightly different from what was already being done. Again, she wasn't first, she wasn't even second. If she had submitted a document, and I mean literally a document, a Word doc or a Google doc, with only names on it, she would have been presenting a replica of what had proceeded before her. But including a single line beside each choice, and again, pretty small, when you think of it, it's a single line, you're likely thinking this 
in your head, but by including this single line. She blew up the concept of what the students had in mind and in turn elevated the whole experience. Okay, now back to the story. At this point, the program's leads, me and my colleague, were the only ones who were left to submit. The stage was beginning to be set. Hours had now passed. The students, oh, they were wondering. Now, remember this is to be a fun activity, and honestly, my co-lead and I have more work on our plates than we should, sometimes. Knowing that and also respecting that he probably had a pretty full agenda, he opted to submit the superlative challenge without rationale. His thinking, as he shared in his Slack message, my picks are better. Now the stage was fully set. In the class, they were calling me out. Josh, what's going on? Josh, are you giving up? Josh, where are your superlatives, man? You can imagine the banter went on and on. Although I could have taken the same path that my colleagues took, nothing wrong with that, I had this inkling of an idea. This idea prompted me to ask a oh-so-fateful question. How much time do I have? Now, jokingly, the class opted to give me the exact same answer we give them throughout the entirety of the program for all of the other projects. You have until midnight tonight. But honestly, if you submit it before 4 or 5 a.m., no one's going to mark that against you. Now, I didn't really want to stay up till midnight, and I will note at this time, I didn't. But not wanting to stay up till midnight, I got to work on the superlative challenge. Now, I want to pause the story again, because at this point, I want to share where this idea of an inkling of an idea came from, as this is really the core concept towards developing a solid pitch mindset, as well as a presentation deck. When I was scrolling through the reactions of what everyone had submitted, and all the students were reacting to every single submission. There wasn't someone who submitted and it was crickets. Everyone reacted, even though they were all very similar. Now, I noted as I was scrolling through these plethora of reactions that the feedback that was being shared was virtually the same, if not identical. Now, why? was because there wasn't really any difference. Again, other than the one faculty member who had submitted rationale with her selections, there was no difference. Now, I took this moment to think about the real purpose of this challenge. And, and this was an unprompted, unrequested challenge. It's not like at a certain duration of our course, we're like, hey, students, think of superlatives and then give that to us as a challenge. We don't do that. This was an unprompted challenge that the students had taken their own time and believe you me they have a lot on their plates so they took the time to create it for us but why why did they give this to us what are they really after here were the two questions that continually circled my head as i looked at what the faculty had done as well as what the students had asked for now on the surface they wanted to see who we put beside each of the superlatives. Straight to the point, makes sense. Now with things like, or something like, who will be the next president, you can understand why. But going slightly deeper, and I am, I am not a deep person, but going slightly deeper, I felt they were looking for us to take a few moments and reflect on our experience with them and how we saw them, not as students, 
but as people. This was the inkling of idea. What does it mean to be human? I asked myself out loud. From there, I gathered my initial concept of connection, right? This was a student body who had reached out to the faculty for a challenge. So connection and humanity. Because the superlatives were all encompassing and circling around this idea of what it means to be human. Now, I still had no idea where this would all lead, but I didn't resist and I didn't become complacent with the task at hand. Okay, now back, back to the story. I, however, during this process was met with a secondary challenge. As I began to work on my superlative submission, it quickly became the end of the day and my family was expecting me for dinner. Now, knowing that I had a bit of a runway to submit, it wasn't like I had to get it in by 6 p.m., I took a step back and I pushed everything I was considering to the back of my mind. Now, after dinner, I was washing the dishes as you generally do and was thinking about a bunch of different things. It's getting late. We should get the kids started to get ready for bed. I think I'll let this soak. It will be easier to clean. Now, as my normal thoughts ran rampant in my mind around how to get off stubborn cheese, I pushed the superlative challenge way back, and it was bouncing around in my subconscious, connecting points of inspiration that I had gathered throughout a lifetime. And that is when it hit me. We are all pale blue dots. Okay, one more quick pause. The idea of pausing is critical when you are developing a pitch. One of the worst things you can do is assume you have all the answers initially. You don't. By doing a bit of divergent thinking, aka focusing on something else, you allow your subconscious to kick in and take over. And that's really where the magic happens. Back to the story. We Are All Pale Blue Dots is a metaphysical journey created by Carl Sagan. I had heard a recording of this on YouTube a few months back. And like a mystical bolt of lightning, it came rushing back into my mind. That's it, I thought, as I finished washing the dishes. That is the theme of my pitch. Now, once the kids were in bed and the kitchen was inevitably cleaned, I cracked open my laptop and began to take what I had been mapping out in my mind for hours and translating it into a Google slide deck. Now, that part actually came together rather quickly as I had invested several hours of my evening towards thinking through the slides and overarching approach I wanted to take. Now, I didn't know exactly what I was gonna put on each slide. I didn't have that crystal clear in my mind, but that was inconsequential. I knew what I wanted to do, and I really just went about executing the idea. Now, this is the final pause. When you are mapping out a presentation, one of the worst things that people do is they just go right into Google Slides or PowerPoint. Don't do that. I had mapped out my presentation and my pitch for hours in my head. That's a trait that I take. I do a lot of thinking in my mind, mapping out what I want to say, and even the narrative I want to say, even the narrative I want to tell before I ever crack open my laptop. You may not take the similar approach, but what I would encourage you to do is don't dive into Google Slides or PowerPoint right away. Map it out somewhere else, whether it's in your mind, on a whiteboard, 
whether it's in your mind, on a whiteboard, on a piece of paper, whatever. Do it somewhere else. All right, that was the final pause. Let's finish the story. Once I was finished my pitch, I submitted a superlative retrospective to the class via Slack. It wasn't perfect, not by a long shot, but it accomplished what I hoped it would achieve. The 26-slide narrative was in stark contrast to what the other faculty members had submitted. I had manipulated the superlatives themselves to further personalize their meanings and fit them into my storyline. And of course, I included the Carl Sagan video clip to reinforce my overarching idea. We are all pale blue dots. Now, within a few hours, the class had erupted in celebration. The following day, everyone had seen it, and I was crowned the winner. But there are a few things you should know. First, I completely missed a superlative in my first pass, thus a student. So when I submitted it, there was actually a missing student in my first submission. Now, none of the other faculty had done this. They had answered each question, not missing a single student. However, because the students became overwhelmed with the pitch, only one person noticed, and that was the student himself. Now, I quickly corrected my mistake and won him over, and I invested a few minutes in making sure his superlative was the best superlative, but I still missed a part, but only one person noticed, proving to me the power of a pitch mindset. I won everyone else over, and I missed something. The other thing you should note is that in my first pass, I called the idea, we are all pale blue specs. And actually, it was even shorter, we are all blue specs. Nothing wrong with that, but this is not what Carl Sagan says in the video. I rushed and, like the missed student, didn't double check my work. However, my narrative was so strong and was in such stark contrast to everything else they were seeing, the mistake wasn't seen by anyone other than me. Now, finally, I did take full advantage of going last. I knew that my pitch would stand out because no one else had submitted a deck. Now, this isn't a bad thing. In fact, going second, third, fourth, last has helped me many, many times. That whole first mover's advantage doesn't always hold water. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention that here, that I did take advantage of. Now, before you go and think, man, this guy is an egomaniac, and truthfully, I do like to win, the point is that the class saw me at my best, and I feel I delivered what they really wanted out of the activity. And that is really what's at the core of a pitch mindset. You look at what your audience is looking for beyond the initial surface-level ask, and you give that to them. You give them what they really need. You'll be happy you did. As a reminder, if you want to see the superlative retrospective, you can check that out at medium.com slash thought unpacked in the article aptly named in marketing, you are always pitching. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Thought Unpacked. If you have a question that you want unpacked or a concept that you want further explored, please hit me up at Thought Unpacked on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, stay safe.